0: Okay, last Sunday, who were here last Sunday? no? So last Sunday, Pastor Danny spoke a very, he said, a very controversial topic. And what was the topic all about? What? God's sovereignty. Okay, and this morning, he spoke about a very controversial topic, and this morning, I'm going to talk about one of the most difficult and easy topic. Okay, and I will tell you later why it is difficult and why it is easy. Now, Pastor Danny spoke about the the sovereignty of God, and all throughout the week, I've been contemplating, I've been meditating on that. Okay, you know what? If you think about it, God is sovereign, right? Whether you believe or not, it doesn't change the fact that God is sovereign. He is in control of everything in this universe, in this world. And Pastor Danny said that, you know, if God cannot control the smallest molecule, then he ceases to be God. But God in his greatness has control over everything everything. He has control every molecule, every part of your body. And yes, He is in control of our environment and our surroundings. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen? Unfortunately, since God is sovereign, a lot of people just cannot accept the fact that God is sovereign. We make ourselves little gods. We take control of our lives, we take control of our situation, not minding that there is a God up there. There is a God within us who is in control of everything. We just say, well, I believe that God is powerful, God is like this, like that, but unfortunately it can't be seen in most of our lives. Amen? I hope it's not in this church, it's on the other side. Amen? Now, Pastor Daniel also mentioned about the glory of God. And if you look at the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, including maps, it talks about the glory of God. And in one word, he described the glory of God as the wow. Wow. There are no words actually to describe how glorious God is. The English language is so limited that it just cannot describe the grandeur, the greatness, and the glory of God. And only one word, the word wow. Wow. That is the glory of God. Now this morning, I want us to stand for the reading of God's word. If you have your Bibles, you can open to the book of Acts, chapter two, verse 36. What happened? Okay, just open your Bibles to Acts, chapter two, verse 36 okay what does the bible says the count of three one two three there are four <laughs> okay let me borrow a bible because if I open my bible on the ipad <laughs> it will disappear <laughs> okay. okay, Acts chapter 2, verse 36. 236. Just one? Yeah, just one verse. Everybody got that? <laughs> it's only one verse. Let's read it again. Acts 2.36 Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And also in Philippians chapter 2, reading from verse 9 to 11. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the mention or at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and every tongue, and heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You may be seated. Thank you. Ayun, nalipat yung Acts 2:36, sa Okay, so we have read that God has made Jesus both Lord and Savior. In some translations, it says both Lord and Messiah. So the topic for this morning is actually a question Who is your Lord? Who is our Lord? The word Lord is being used in many things, like you have Lord of the Rings, you have Jesus is Lord, you have Lord of Lies, Lord of the Flies, you have Drug Lord, what else? Lord Christopher, Lord Danny, Lord Boogie. Landlord, what else? Whatever it is. Okay? We use the word Lord often that sometimes it, it watered down or it dilute the real meaning of Lord. But what is Lord? Lord comes from the Greek word meaning Kyrios or Kurus, meaning supreme authority, controller Master, sir, or in common language, he's the boss. Who is our boss? Who is our Lord? Probably we have different answers to that. But as we read in the scripture that God has made Jesus, whom we have crucified, both what? Lord and Savior. You know, it's just like the two sides of the coin. Jesus is the Savior, and he is the Lord. Unfortunately, many people cannot accept the fact that Jesus is Lord. In fact, in some religion, they believe that Jesus is just a prophet. Some believe that Jesus is just a great man who lived on this earth. Some believe that Jesus is another person. But who is Jesus in your life? The word of God is very clear. It says that God has made his son, Jesus, not only as a savior, but Lord. You know, when we receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, some of us, just accepted him because we're afraid to go to hell. Right? We made Jesus as what? A policy for fire insurance. Or probably some of us accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior because somebody made sick on us. Or somebody pushed us to raise our hands and accept Jesus as our Savior. Right? Or some of us will will even think that, you know, I accepted Jesus when I was small, because my dad, my parents forced me to accept Jesus as my Savior. Or probably some of you accepted Jesus in Sunday school, or probably in Bible study. But, you know, it doesn't stop there, because Jesus is not only Savior, Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen? Look at the person next to you and say to that person, "Is Jesus your Lord?". Okay? Sometimes, it's not only that Jesus is our policy for fire insurance. Sometimes we think of Jesus as who, the genie, inside the magic lamp. If we need something, we call on Jesus. Sometimes in our prayer, we make Jesus as our security guard. Lord, I'm going on vacation. Please guard our house. Right? Lord, I'm going out of the house. I'm going to work. I'm going to school. Lord, please protect me. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we only think of Jesus as he's going to do something. But we never thought of him as our Lord. Amen? I'm glad it is not here. So we have varying reasons, okay, why we accepted Jesus Christ into our hearts. But this morning, we will talk about the Lordship of Jesus. Last Sunday, we talked about the sovereign will of God. That he is very powerful, he's the most powerful, he's sovereign, he created the universe, he created the galaxy, he created everything in this world. So if God is powerful, isn't it logical that it is best for us to accept him also as our Lord? Right? You want yourself to be controlled by somebody who is sovereign or somebody who is nothing? I want to be controlled by somebody who is sovereign. And that sovereign is God. That sovereign one is Jesus because God has made him Lord of all. In fact, the Bible says that at the mention of his name, just a mention of his name, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that what? That Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Whatever situation you are in right now, you may be sick in your body. Sickness is just a name, but the word of God says that every knee shall bow, those sickness will bow down in Jesus' name. The situation that you are in right now, it is going to bow in Jesus' name. That is, if we will allow Jesus to be the Lord of our lives. Those things will not bow down unless we make Him Lord over our lives. If it is us who are still controlling ourselves, if it is still I who is the Lord or the God of this life. Then it will not bow. Amen? Amen? So let me introduce to you Lord. What is Lord? You know it's a very difficult thing to do to make Jesus our Lord. But in the same token later on you will see that it's also easy to make Jesus our Lord. Let me Spell to you the word Lord. How do you spell it? L-O-R-R and D. Okay. You know what? It's not only Pastor Daniel or Pastor Inso who knows how to do acrostics. Okay. I also know how to do acrostics. Okay, so this morning we will learn what does Lord mean. Okay, actually, I got this idea of talking or preaching about the Lordship of Jesus during our D-Group last Friday. We were, we were talking about our free will in conjunction with the sovereignty of God, in conjunction with, with how God loves us, and also in conjunction with the grace of God. And we were discussing about the Lordship of God or the Lordship of Jesus. So L stands for... Loyalty. What is loyalty? What is loyalty? What is the difference between loyalty and faithfulness? You can be faithful, right? But during hard times, are we still faithful? During hard times, when you are still faithful, that is loyalty. No, I was I was looking at the internet yesterday, and looking at some illustrations about loyalty, and I came across this dog. Who of you you have seen a dog? Okay, what does the dog do? Meow. Okay, so the dog, dogs are known to be loyal to their masters, right? And you know there was this dog. There was this soldier who died in in war in Afghanistan. And when his body was was brought back, or his remains was brought back in the U.S., there was this dog sitting beside the coffin. And the article was saying that even when his master was buried, the dog almost lived in the cemetery to watch over his master. The dog was very loyal. You know, there's an autobiography written by John Kenneth Galbraith. He's actually a Canadian who served under several administrations of of the U.S. president. And uh, he has uh, a housekeeper by the name of Emily Gloria Wilson. One time, when he went home, he was really tired. He was exhausted. So he told his housekeeper, I'm going to take a nap. If somebody calls, tell them, that I will just return their call because I'm really tired. So after a few minutes, the president of the United States called. His name was Lyndon Johnson. And then he said, can I talk to Fred? I said, sorry, Mr. President, he's still sleeping. Oh, wake him up, tell him it's the president. I'm sorry, Mr. President, I work for Mr. Galbraith, and I don't work for you. Who of you wants to have somebody working under you who has that loyalty? And after that, Mr. Galbraith called the president and then the president said, you know what, I'm really excited. Can you ask your housekeeper to work for the White House? That is loyalty. How many of us are loyal to Jesus. Or we're only loyal to Jesus in good times. When we have the money, when we are doing well, when our grades in school are good, when somebody loves us, when we are enjoying our date, But when things go wrong, are we still loyal to Jesus? Oh, this is really my expectation. Some people will just do like this. You will be silent. You will be quiet. Loyalty. Are we loyal to Jesus? Even in rough times. When we are being persecuted, when we are sick, when we don't have money can we still worship God can we still say that God is sovereign despite my situation amen or you're already sleeping you know as far as loyalty is concerned We are either for Jesus or not. The Bible says that no man can serve two masters. Either he hates the one and loves the other, or he is loyal to the one or despises the other. Nobody can serve God and mammon. And the Bible says that, you know, God is a jealous God. If we are going to be loyal, we have to be loyal to him, come what may. There's a story in the Bible, in the book of Daniel. This is a story of four people. You have Daniel, his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. One day, the king of, of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, erected a huge statue of himself. And he said, he came up with a decree that he said, at the sound of the trumpet, the cymbals and the lyre, everybody should bow down and worship the statue. The three friends of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, despise the commands or the the decree of the king because they believe in their God. So when the when the king heard about it, he called on these three guys, and he was furious. He was so upset, and even ordered the furnace to be heated up ten times stronger than its normal. They bound the three uh, the three friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they threw him inside the furnace. In fact. Because it was so intense, the guards that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace, some of them died because of the intense heat. After a few minutes, after a while, the king saw four people walking inside the furnace. And he said, isn't it that we only threw three people inside? And now I see four, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. So he ordered that they be taken out of the furnace. And we then when they inspected the three friends, they were not hurt. They didn't even smell smoke. And after that King Nebuchadnezzar came out with the decree saying that from now on this land is going to worship the one and true God. Are we going to be like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? That even in hard times, even in difficult situations, just like Peter, they said, we'd rather obey God than men. These three friends, they were loyal to their king. Let's watch this short clip. heart if you accept this by faith you see god will forgive you he'll cleanse you and he'll set you free you say still be loyal to God even if your faith is tested? Even if people despise you or your family despise you, will you still be loyal to God? It is my prayer that we will maintain our loyalty to Jesus no matter what. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. He saved you and he saved me. No matter what our circumstances was before, no matter what experience we underwent before, no matter how heavy your sin was before, Christ died for you. He doesn't have to do it. He's a sovereign God but he chose to love you. Will you be loyal to him? Will you, will, will you be loyal to him? You know, in the book of Habakkuk, chapter three, verse 17, it says that, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive tree Crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Habakkuk said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Even if you have nothing, even if you don't have money, even if you are sickness, if you have sick, you are sick, or even if you are dying, Habakkuk said, "I can still worship my God because I know He is sovereign. Because I know that Jesus is my Lord." Amen. Amen? Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, "Are you loyal to Jesus?" Okay. So, loyalty. What's the second O? The second letter. Letter O. What is letter O? O is obedience to God's word. Luke 6.46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet you do not obey what I say? You know, this is a question that is given to each and every one of us. We often say, Lord, Lord. Especially in our prayers, Lord, Lord. And yet, we do not obey what the Bible says. We do selective obedience. You know what is selective obedience? If you think that it is convenient for us, we obey. Right? Right? Now the moment it comes against our perception or probably our thinking, what happens? We reject it. And then we will say, you know what? Probably God will understand. Selective obedience. What are some of the examples of selective obedience? You know, a lot of people or sometimes we're guilty about this. When we share Jesus to other people, we focus on the blessing. You know, there are churches that instead of calling people to obedience to Christ, they offer the bless me gospel. What is the bless me gospel? If you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will be blessed. The Bible says that God is going to bless us. That's right. However, if the focus is on the blessing, and not on the blesser, or not on God, that's where the problem comes into place. That is why there are some churches that they offer salvation, and if you get to know Jesus as your Savior, then you will be blessed, all your problems will be gone. That's actually not correct. Because the Bible says that when you become a Christian, what happens? You go through trials and tribulation. You go through difficulties in life. But the Bible promised that when you go through all of these things, the Bible says, God is going to deliver us. So obedience to God's word. We have that selective obedience. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbeliever. And Lord, he's so handsome. And Lord, I'm on my last trip. Never mind, Lord. You know, I have... We have... uh, When I was still youth pastoring in the previous church, I was also handling the young adults. We have a friend. Actually, she's part of the young adults group. There was a time she talked to me. She said, Pastor Reg, I am already in my 30s. There's somebody courting me. Do you think it's God's will? How do you know it is God's will? I said, then let's go back to the Word of God. But Pastor Reg, he's so cute. He's so handsome. More handsome than you, Pastor Reg. I think this is God's best. Okay, but I said, let's go back to the Word of God. No, Pastor Reg, I will bring him to church. So he started to bring the person to church. Then she got married with this guy who have not committed himself to the Lord. And you know what? As we speak, their lives are in a mess. She can't even go to church now. We have a friend, a family friend. She's on her 50s now. When she came over, she was single. She met somebody in church. Even if it was her last trip, she obeyed God and God honored her faith. She met somebody who loves the Lord, who serves the Lord. They live in San Diego Who would think, she's 50 years old, she will have three children of her own, and the last one were twins? You know, God rewards our obedience. And the moment we disobey God, you know, there are some consequences to it. We also have a family friend. She's also on her last trip. She's also on her last trip. (laughs) She met somebody in church. And who would think that the guy was 10 years younger than her? And they live very happy, and both of them are serving the Lord. She was obedient. Obedience to the Word of God pays off. So this is my challenge to each and every one of us. Probably we are in a situation where we just can't understand where is God. Probably we are in a situation where we, have, we are tempted or we, are, we have the propensity to disobey the Word of God. Folks, if you obey God, you will love it. The moment you disobey God, there might be some consequences in the future. You know the reason why some people obey God? It's because they will, it will benefit them. But if it will not, they don't obey God. In Isaiah 119, I believe it says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of this land. If you are willing and obedient. So obedience is the key word. Amen? Amen. You know, God demands complete obedience. Why? Because God knows best. God knows our future. Pastor Dennis mentioned last Sunday that even when you were born, even the foundation of this earth, God already knew you. And He has already planned out a life for you. Don't live your life on your own without consulting the Word of God. What about in the, in the decisions, decision making that we do? Do we ask God? Or we just tell God, God, I already made this decision, bless it. God, I already chose this career. Lord, give me more money. That was my prayer before. Or ako lang. Oftentimes, we neglect God. So where is the Lordship of Jesus? Amen? You know, Jesus is in the business of changing lives. However, You will not experience changed life unless you make him Lord over your lives. That's why we say that, you know, it's difficult to maintain a changed life. Yes, it is. If you live your life your own, but if you make Jesus the Lord of your life, living a life that will please God becomes easy. Especially the Holy Spirit is with us, guiding us, teaching us what to do. Okay, so, bakit tumatalon? In James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. In a mirror. Weird. Okay, James said. We should be doers of the word, and not hearers only. So, what's the second word? Is O, obedience to God's word. And what is the third one? Any guess? Repentance, from sin. What is repentance? Repentance is not I repent and I repeat. Repentance is turning away from sin and running toward God. Repentance is having a change of mind that leads to change of action. You know, how many of you here has some form of favorite sin? Or it's only me? Or the other side, right? Here in CCF, you guys don't have favorite sin. Only me. Right? What's our favorite scene? Example, lying. Oh, nobody here lies. Nobody here lies. Okay, nobody here lies. Not in CCF. On the other side, they do lie. I also lie. Right? When we lie... Lord, please forgive me because I lie. And then the following day, Lord, please forgive me because I lied again. And then, Lord, I repent, but Lord, I will repeat. Lord, please forgive me because I lie. And then the following day, Oh, Lord, please forgive me tomorrow because I will lie to my parents tomorrow. Because the Bible says God forgives our sins, past, present, and future. So in advance, Lord, tomorrow I will sin again. Please forgive me. You know, the Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. However, we need to repent. Turn away the Bible says, from our wicked ways. What are these wicked ways? These are the repetitive sins that we have. These are the sins that we live day to day. Okay? So repent. Lord, please help me. I can't do it on my own. But Lord... You said that you will clean me, you will cleanse my heart, give me the strength, give me the courage, so that I will not be bound by this sin. Pastor Insong talked about two or three Sundays ago about being slaves to sin. We ought to be slaves to God, and being a slave to God is actually the total freedom that we have in Christ. Amen? So R is repentance. You know, a real Christian involves the change in in heart attitude. It's not just by words. If the heart is involved, change will happen. You know what? Sin is pleasurable. Because if sin is not delicious, if it's not pleasurable, nobody will do it. It's nice to commit sin. Wow. However, there is a long-lasting consequence for the sin that we make, even how small it is. So it is important that we, that we repent, we confess our sins to God, and God is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our righteousness. And God has sent the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit will always convict us of our sins. So what is letter L? O R Repentance from sin And what's letter D? This is the most difficult one Wow Time is up Naku, hirap Ewan ko kayo you know, I was looking at the internet yesterday and it's funny. I saw this one. Did you know that number one and number nine are from Philippines, Makati and Cebu? Selfie. Who of you here that selfie? No, la are selfie. Right? In, in fact, in the Philippines, they, they came up with that monopod for the selfie. Okay. The US ranks I believe number number 4 or number 5. The Philippines, Makati is number 1, number 9 is Cebu. You know what? Before when you, before you eat, what do you do? You pray. Now, before you eat, you selfie. <laughs> and sometimes we forget to pray. Hello? You know, this world is molding our generation, especially the young generation, to be more self-centered. And it is really difficult to die to self. What does the Bible say? The Bible said that, you know, we are to think of others as what? as more important than you. Wow, that is very difficult. That is, you know, that's why when you go to the offices, you go to the schools, you always say, hear the word, what about me? What about my rights? What about me? You are trampling upon my rights. These are my needs. These are my wants. We tend to forget other people who the Bible said are more, treat them as more important than you. Why is that? Because if you treat other people more important than you, you know what? God is going to take care of you. That's where faith, that's where faith come into practice. You forget about yourself. You die to yourself. And you treat others more important than you. You die to yourself. You carry your cross. The word of God said that, you know, whoever does not carry his cross and follow me is not my disciple. Reggie, what is the cross? My husband is my cross. My wife is my cross. Okay, you know what? The cross is a symbol of shame and death. Nowadays, cross, what do you do with the cross? We put it as a pendant in our necklace, right? If Jesus died, probably in our century, what you will see on the pendant are probably electric chair or a little injection. But you know, that cross symbolizes death and shame so if we carry our cross we, 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 we carry the cross that God has, has, has shared with us for us to carry then the Bible says then we are going or we can be or we, people will know that we are the disciples of Jesus Matthew 16 24 then Jesus said to him Whoever wants to be my disciple must, what? Deny themselves and what? Take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their lives or life for me will find it. You know, if Jesus is not Lord of all, then Jesus is not Lord at all. Oftentimes, we as Christians, we wanted Jesus to follow us rather than we follow the Lord. You know, there's a story. This is a make-believe story. There's the U.S. aircraft carrier went to the Lingayen Gulf. So on on their radar... The captain of the ship discovered that or, or noticed that there is a ping. What is a ping? It's a signal coming into the radar. And then the captain of the ship said that, you know, this is Admiral, um, say, for example, Nolan. I want you to change course. And then the other end responded. Uh, this is private so-and-so. I want you to change course. And then he said, this is Admiral uh, Nolan, by virtue of the power vested in me by the President of the United States. I want you to change course. And then the other end responded, this is Private uh, Alonso. I want you to change course. This is the lighthouse. (laughs) It's a made-believe story. But you know, a lot of Christians are like that. We wanted Jesus to change the course instead of us following the course. It's only you who can answer me or you can answer God. Who is the Lord of your life? The moment, the moment we allow other things to rule over us. Or the moment we leave I to direct our lives, we are making ourselves the Lord of our lives. It's difficult, right? But the Word of God says that God has sent the Holy Spirit to what? To help us. He has sent the Holy Spirit to guide us, to teach us in all truths. Okay? If we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, then it becomes easy. It's not the end of the world. You know, given the situation that we're in right now, oh, it's difficult to be a Christian. It is actually impossible. Because you cannot do it on your own. But the moment you allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life. The moment you allow him to direct your life. Then it becomes easy. It becomes easy. We have learned that, you know, on a day to day, we need to ask Jesus to control our lives. The moment we wake up, declare with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Lord, you are my Lord today. Guide my steps. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Who among you here are righteous? Two, three, four, five. Didn't you know that the moment you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, God has made you Righteous? Because when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the blood of Jesus in your life. And you have been washed by what? By the blood of the Lamb. So claim the promise, the steps of a righteous man. Lord, my steps are going to be ordered by you because I am righteous in your sight. And on a day-to-day, Lord, I am going to make you the Lord of my life. Amen? Let's declare this, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over my life. Jesus is Lord over my career. Jesus is Lord over my studies. Jesus is Lord over my family. Jesus is Lord over my health. Jesus is Lord over my finances. Bakit biglang humina ng finances. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, that's one of our problems. It's easy to declare Jesus is Lord, but when we talk of our wallet, Jesus is Lord in some compartments of my wallet. Okay, let's declare this again. Jesus is Lord over my finances. Jesus is Lord over my children Jesus is Lord over my parents Jesus is Lord over my family and relatives Jesus is Lord over my, and Jesus is Lord over my hobbies Jesus and Jesus is Lord of all, Jesus is Lord of all. Amen? Amen? Do you believe that? Yes. Lord we thank you Lord And we declare that you are Lord over our lives, over everything. And we acknowledge that apart from you, we are nothing. Father, if we have made you sit on the backseat of our lives, Father, forgive us. Help us. Help us, Lord, to make you Lord over our lives, day to day. Help us in all our activities that we will always acknowledge you. Even the decisions that we make. Father, I pray that you will help us make sure that we always consult you. Lord, some of us, Lord, are into certain situations in our lives. Some of us are in deep problem, are in deep trouble. But Lord, your word says that every knee shall bow at the mention of your name. And Father, we know that whatever situation we are in right now, these things will bow down in Jesus' name as we make you the Lord of our lives. Help us always to look unto Jesus who is the author and finisher on our faith. Not to look on anything else, Lord God not to look on our situation, not to look on man-made solution, but help us always to cling to you. Holy Spirit, help us to be, teach us, help us to always be obedient to the word of God. As we ponder on your word day and night, as we meditate on it, Father, I pray, Lord God, that those will not just be words, but Lord, words that we will obey. Words that we will follow, for you said in your words that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, we lift up to you, each and every one, Lord. May the words that have been spoken this morning would grow in our hearts and that it will bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.